The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Pet Panorama with your host, Dr. Julie Mayer. Your pet is often referred to as your best friend, yet when it comes to their health care, sometimes we don't understand all of the options that are available to keep them healthy and living a good quality life as long as possible. In our program, we will explain and explore the best care possible, and we invite your participation as well. Now, here is Dr. Julie Mayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome all you pet lovers. Welcome back to Pet Panorama. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Mayer. I'm a holistic veterinarian certified in acupuncture, chiropractic, and uh, rehab. So, um, and, you know, we always, uh, holistic vets tend to uh, use herbs and homeopathy and aromatherapy and things, things of that nature as well. And nutrition. We're all about nutrition. So speaking of herbs, um, today is going to be a fun show, and I have a lovely, lovely colleague, um, good friend of mine coming on, and we're going to talk about pot. So it's been the uh, pot as in marijuana. It has been the buzzword definitely uh, lately um, in the media and, you know, with um, different states legalizing marijuana or um, you know, allowing uh, the dispensaries with the medicinal marijuana, etc., or you know, just kind of having recreational use, as as some states will call, you know, having a small amount on your person. So um, there's there's some concerns in the veterinary industry, and um, Dr. Silver, who is spearheading a lot of research and knowledge. Um, uh, and you know, exploring the legal situations. So he is, he's, he's, he's the guy. So uh, he is going to call in in a little bit, and we're going to talk his ear off because he knows a lot about this stuff. So then um, he wrote a book, and he's going to go over all that good stuff. So it, it's it's just very interesting because you know we are talking about a controlled substance and um, marijuana, the DEA. Um, so it's the like a drug enforcement agency. What they do is they define controlled substances, and veterinarians or MDs they have to get license, you know, licensure. They have to um, get these DEA licenses. I have one. Uh, most vets have have those licenses because we use you know different kind of medications to. Um, put animals under anesthesia, sedate them for some procedures, euthanasia, etc. So it's very interesting. You can even just go to the DEA website and you can find out there's like five different classifications um, and what drugs fall under these classifications. What's very interesting is the veterinarians, um, our DEA license does not cover class one, um, 
medications or drugs. Um, we are class two uh, through five, typically. So, unfortunately, um, marijuana falls under class one. So, this is where things can get a little sketchy. There's, and Dr. Silver is going to go through this, like all of the benefits and, you know, of medicinal marijuana, uh, what it can treat, how it can help pets. He's going to get into all of that. But there's not a lot of research out, you know, we're, it's early, it's in its infancy. There's not a lot of research out there as far as, you know, what, what's, what's, what is the lethal dose to pets? Um, we need to find this stuff out because, A, if we are legally going to be able to prescribe it or even do research with marijuana, we, we need to know these facts. We need to know, you know, how much is going to poison the dogs or, you know, how much CBD to THC and just like with humans, we don't have that research. And that's what I like about Dr. Silvers. He's out there. He's been out there. And he's trying to get um, universities engaged, and he's trying to get um, research and his own testimonials and such to find this information out. Because my fear is we have people who have cards, and they can get you know medicinal marijuana and go to the dispensaries, and because if they can't get the marijuana from the vet, the veterinarian, they may start dispensing and get and sharing their stash, so to speak, um, with their pets, and that could be that could be deadly because again, we really don't even know what these lethal doses may be based on the size of the pet. Um, you know, is it body weight? Is it surface area? What happens, you know, to their mind long term, etc. So. It's very, very interesting. Um, our, our hands are kind of, you know, tied behind our backs because we, we can't prescribe it regularly and we can't um, get a hold of it a lot of times to be able to do a lot of research. So that's, um, you know, that's some hiccups that we have uh, in the veterinary community um, because we're seeing a lot of humans now, with all, I think there's about 23 states that actually have, um, you know, medicinal marijuana uh, legal, and people are starting to share their stories, see the different benefits, um, and you know what kind of ailments or diseases can definitely be helped um, with medicinal marijuana. And again, uh, Dr. Silver will g give us some insight on that. What's really neat, um, as I was reading his book, um, is the history. I was I was really amazed at how, I mean, how long ago the you know this plant was discovered. So it's very very interesting. Um, some literature dates back in some the British Medical Journal uh, back in November of eighteen ninety nine. Um, they actually had a chapter called The Pharmacology of Cannabis Indica. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, um, you know, different countries have been looking at this um, plant and using it for different things, different ailments. Um, so it's kind of fun just how much history um, has been, uh, you know, that this plant has been around. So uh, obviously... 
if if plants will help people and help pets, then it does tend to to hang around and stay in the culture and in society. So that's that's pretty fun. So this this plant does have a lot of longevity. Um, a Greek physician um, created. Uh, who is credited as being the father of modern medicine in the second century AD, wrote about the medical properties of marijuana. So this is just amazing. Um, back in 1753, Carl Linnaeus, a Swedish botanist, gave marijuana its official botanical name. So that was back in 1753. That was a long time ago. And the official name is called Cannabis Sativa. So pretty, pretty neat. And then even Africa, so all uh, everywhere, I mean, all parts of the planet, these different countries were actually, you know, investigating cannabis and actually using it as, you know, um, uh, as like a medicine to help cure things and to help mend things. Um, and China... Uh, Marijuana was considered, well, we'll call it cannabis, was considered to be a sacred plant. So that was nice. Then that means that they harvested it and loved it and used it a lot. Um, in Africa, the Zulu would smoke cannabis for courage before going into battle. That's kind of funny. You know, it's courage to go into battle. And, you know, we think of people smoking pot. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes they're a little slow. So it's kind of interesting the different, um, you know, the different reasons why they would use this and how they would use it. Do they use it topically? Do they eat it? Do they smoke it? So it's kind of interesting um, how they may find out what it cures just by trial and error and what, uh, you know, what's, what, it, what ailments it helps. How can we help the pets? How can we help? the people. It's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful plant. And I want Dr. Dr. Silver. He is on hold and he's waiting. So we're going to invite him to the show right now. And um, so he can tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth about marijuana. Are you there, Dr. Silver? I'm here. Hi. How about you? Ah, How are you doing? good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming to the show on Pet Panorama. Um, You're I, welcome. I, I was just giving a little intro on some history. I was very amazed um, when reading from your book, um, the longevity and you know how how old this plant actually is. This is this is fascinating. It is. It's uh, it really is um, part of our uh, prehistory even. It goes way back beyond recorded time, and they see evidence of, um, of its use through um, archaeological digs. That's amazing. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the plant has changed quite a bit um, under the guidance of human hands um, in terms of uh, increasing the amount of the THC that it contains. Because the, the, the original plant that grew in the Kush Mountains in Afghanistan probably had a pretty doggone low amount of THC originally, maybe 1% at the most. Hmm. Now we're seeing 30 35% in some of these commercial um, strains that they're, that they're creating for the recreational market. That's amazing. So, yeah. so yeah. do you, 
Because I, I, I'm interested in the plan, and I've been reading a lot about this, and I really know that I have some patients that could totally benefit. So how, how does one manipulate the, you know, the, the content of the THC and the CBD? How does, how does that happen? Through um, selective breeding is one way. You can, uh, you can breed the plant to have higher THC or lower THC. You can breed the plant to have higher levels of any of the other 85 cannabinoids that are in there. You know, there's a bunch of different, you know, medically beneficial molecules in the plant, you know, above and beyond THC and CBD, which have gotten all the media attention. And the scientists believe that it's not just you know, the individual action of any one of these molecules, but the, the action together um, in concert. So um, that's one way, is through selective breeding. And then there are other ways. There are, use, there are ways of using uh, chemistry, chemical um, approaches to remove um, individual components um, in the extracted um, oils that come from the plant. Oh. Um, for instance, I know that there is a, uh, the technology to now completely remove the THC from the extracted oils um, from the plant. So you can have a zero THC product, which um, a lot of people are interested in because THC can be a bad boy, you know, as right. well as being, you know, ha- having benefits. Right. So, yeah. so somebody that, okay, so if you have a plant... And it's, you know, it's a hybrid and uh, somebody measures this. Is it, is there a laboratory? There are uh, laboratories that do analysis. Um, there's questions as far as the quality control that some of those laboratories do. But, yeah, we use, you know, typical uh, chemical analyses like okay. liquid chromatography, mass spec, mass spec, high pressure, HPLC, you know, a variety of different approaches to measure the compounds that are, are found in the plant. Some approaches okay. work better for some compounds, and some approaches work better for other compounds. I see. So, so Doctor Silver, what's what's your background? How did how did you get into this? Tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a I'm a veterinarian, kind of an old timer. I graduated from Colorado State University in '82, and um, have been in private clinical practice in Colorado ever since. Which means that I was uh, practicing on animals all during. Uh, the two, the, from 2000 on when medical marijuana was passed in, um, in Colorado. Hmm. And um, I do an integrative practice, which means that I blend conventional medicine with um, complementary therapies like acupuncture, herbal, nutritional, those kinds of things. Right. And um, oftentimes I get to see patients who have failed conventional therapy and they're 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 difficult patients it's not necessarily that the patients are difficult but their conditions are because they don't respond to to normal therapies which which treat you know the vast majority of of patients with those conditions so they're much more difficult to get success Mm. with them and some of them i would just work and work and work every week they'd come in for more acupuncture and and modifications of their program and you know and and god bless my the, the the pet parents that they're just so willing to spend that time and spend that money, you know, for the benefit of their animals. And so, right. um, and I would, you know, and some of them just <laughs> did not do as well as I, you know, had hoped for or sure. others or as well as others would do. And, you know, I would have like, like, you know, I would 
they would come back to me the following week. Well, after a while, a few of them started coming back. They would come back and they would be like looking really good. They maybe, maybe they had mobility issues and they were prancing around the room. Whereas before they were dragging in, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, kind of proud of myself. Oh, okay. You know, I guess what I tried last time must have really worked. Right. And that's what I, you know, I, I would say that to the client. I'd say, okay, wow. Well, looks like, you know, looks like it, we finally found the combination that's going to work. And I go, well, doc, I have to tell you, you know, I went to the dispensary and I got a cookie and gave a little bit of it to old, um, old fluffy here. And, you know, within the next day, there, um, she was running around like she was a, a young puppy again. So, you yeah. know, that happened not just once, but it happened enough times that it was like, I'm going, well, what's going on here? And I've, I've you know, I'm an herbalist as far as my training as well. I, right. I've always had a great, great interest in plants. And, and, um, and, you know, as I became a veterinarian, the two kind of blended together. And so I had an interest, what is this plant that's, that's, that has all these benefits, and I started doing research and looking at the looking at the studies that had been done because there there really are quite a few studies, not the kinds of targeted per species and, and clinical condition that we're hoping to get you know right, soon. Right. Um, but a lot of information that described to me how these things are working and what kinds of things they're doing in in laboratory animals, and then there are stories that come out of of countries where you know, where culturally um, cannabis is used, like India, for instance, and um, about, you know, remarkable, um, you know, remarkable reports of benefits. And so I just got more and more educated about it. And as I got more educated, um, I started to look at what could I do myself that could introduce these to the animals. And one thing that I found was that um, dogs have a particularly high concentration of these receptors hmm. um, for THC in their hindbrain. And so dogs are much, much more sensitive, almost to a toxic level, to the adverse effects of THC than um, any other species. And some dogs have, have been going to the ER, especially as people are buying stuff at the dispensaries and leaving them out on their on their their coffee table. And the dog, of course, is op- are opportunists and pick right. them up and, and and get a dosage far higher than would be therapeutic. Next thing you know, they're having trouble. They've got this with this condition called static ataxia, where they kind of stay. They stand there with their legs wide apart, kind of rocking back and forth. They can't really move. They've got wow. this glazed look in their eye. They might vocalize. They might salivate. They might fall over and pee or or, or poop on themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And there actually were several recorded deaths of dogs as a result of this. And you know, one of the the common urban um, stories about um, cannabis, you know, is that no one can die from it. You know, you'll fall, you, you, you can't smoke enough to kill yourself because mm. you'll fall asleep first, I guess. <laughs> and um, and, and um, so that got my mm. attention as well. And I realized that, you know, that, that as we get to, as more and more states adopt medical marijuana and it becomes more of a national phenomenon as it is becoming, we're going to see even more and more pets exposed to these risks. And right. I felt that the best way to educate pet owners is, is through, would be through a book and also through speaking and interviews like these. Um, and so I'm doing that now. Great. I'm, 
I'm kind of, I'm in my late 60s. I've been in practice over 32 years. I've retired from day-to-day clinical practice, and I'm spending my time and energy on this mission to educate people about the benefits of this plant, but also about the risks, right. and also about the benefits of herbal medicine and integrative medicine in general, which I think is far superior than either alternative medicine alone or conventional medicine alone, because it gives us more tools. Right. And, and it's... some of these... Some of these patients just have such serious problems. You need every tool you can find. Right, indeed. And it's the marriage, and that's what I like about it is, you know, the allopathic and the you know, non-traditional, if you will. So, Dr. Silver, we're going to take a break real quick, but we are really excited to listen to everything that you have to say. So, listeners, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. tuned in to Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. We want to hear from you with your questions, stories, and comments. Please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Send your emails all week to Dr. Julie at petpanorama at gmail.com. That's petpanorama at gmail.com. Now, back to Pet Panorama. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back to Pet Panorama. And I am here with Dr. Silver, uh, who, who, who has a lot of experience with, um, with marijuana and cannabis, CBD, THC. And he's here to share the love, uh, talk about a lot of different things and aspects of um, using marijuana and people and pets exposed to marijuana, buying marijuana, uh, and he has a wonderful book as well. So, um, so Dr. Silver, does, you know, what, what, what things and diseases and illnesses does cannabis treat? And, and is it really hyped up as much, you know, is, it, is you see this in the media all the time, it's on Facebook, and now we have companies that are making, you know, cookies and all kinds of 
uh, treats with with cannabis in it. What you know is 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 everything legit, so to speak? Well, um, I think there's always going to be room for exaggeration, um, but from what I've seen myself directly. And what I've heard from very credible sources of, of veterinary specialists and veterinarians, um, as well as you know some anecdotal reports from from pet parents, it, it does seem to have a wide variety of benefits. Although, interestingly enough, not every animal that has a problem will respond to it the same way as another does. Mm. So, for instance. One of the highest callings that we're seeing for cannabinoids, and I prefer to use that term over marijuana or right. cannabis. I think it makes more sense. Um, I can just, a little bit later, I'll talk about what the definition is of cannabis, marijuana, Good. and hemp, and how we can use those accurately. Perfect. But, um, you know, one of the highest callings that we've been seeing for uh, the cannabinoids, primarily the non-THC cannabinoids like, like CBD, um, is for anxiety. And restlessness and sleeplessness and people are finding benefits using CBD themselves and it's not because CBD creates makes you sleepy like you're taking a tranquilizer or sedates you what happens is that CBD kind of calms you down so for humans you know oftentimes sleeping is hard to do when your mind is busy and so it, it helps you, your mind relax and not be so, so thinking all the time. You, can, you, you think more sharply, but you're not, your thoughts aren't scattered. So, so there's a benefit there in that regards. We also see a benefit to um, both the THC-based cannabinoid and non-THC cannabinoids for pain. Um, and we can, we, we're finding that CBD alone and the other cannabinoids, especially when they're combined with the other molecules in the plant uh-huh. that are called terpenes, can have, be very effective for pain without the use or need for any THC at all. And so that's always a place that I, I recommend starting because THC, you know, especially with dogs, as I mentioned, you get into a lot of problems. And mm. so I prefer to recommend to people that they use hemp. Um, because hemp has um, federally legal levels of THC that are non-psychotropic, and um, and hemp is um, is legal in all fifty states. Oh, interesting. So, um, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, so usually with painful individuals, uh, the suggestion is to start with hemp and CBDs, and oftentimes that's all that's needed to be done. I've heard from several people just in the last two days that their animals had been on multiple NSAIDs and tramadol for pain and they weren't working that well and, um, and they switched around to, um, to hemp CBDs and the dog was doing so much better and, and in many cases they, they stopped using those drugs. You know, again, I, I need to caution the listening public that, you know, this isn't for every single animal, mm-hmm. but these are safe. And, I th- and it's worthwhile to give it a try because the NSAIDs and the narcotics aren't safe. You know, right. They can cause issues with the liver and the kidney, not all the time, but certainly in patients that they do, you know, the cannabinoids would be a very good um, choice. Okay. And then we look at things like appetite. You know, animals 
lose their appetite when they're when they have cancer and on chemotherapy, or they lose their appetite when they have diseases that affect their appetite. And we found that this that the cannabinoids, the THC and the CBD both can benefit appetite and improve mm. their their eating habits. It also can just brighten them up and give them a sense of well being which uh, also may help to contribute to appetite or relieving pain, you know, can contribute to appetite. Um, nausea is a lot harder problem to detect in dogs and cats unless they're actively vomiting. And so it's harder to say, but we know that, you know, in all the studies that have been done in other species that um, THC seems to be very good for nausea. And CBD has a benefit as well. There's some studies that show it has benefit for that. What is interesting, though, is that we're starting to see in some patients who have tumors um, that the CBD from the hemp alone is sufficient to reduce the size of these tumors. Wow. I know there are, there are medical marijuana docs in the human oncology realm who are using cannabis, high levels of you know, high levels of cannabis with, with, a ra- with a specific ratio between the amount of THC and CBD to treat cancer. And in many cases, two cancers are being take, put into remission. Wow. What they're finding, though, if they discontinue the cannabis, that oftentimes the cancer comes back. Hmm. But in terms of the basic research, they have found that cannabis can stop um, cancer cells from multiplying it can stop cancer cells from metastasizing, and it can stop cancer cells from growing new blood vessels that feed them and contribute to their growth. So I know one on veterinary oncologist who is actually using um, hemp-based cannabinoids as another part of her chemotherapy program. Wow. So th- those are just a few, inflammatory bowel disease, um, epilepsy, um, possibly asthma, possibly degenerative myelopathy. There's a whole host of conditions that now that we have it available to veterinarians, putting it into the, putting this into the hands of veterinarians is the best possible thing that we could do because until we can get, you know, um, good research, we first have to explore what the range is of applications and what the range is of dosages. Right. You know, we've right. got one good pharmacokinetic study. We've got several that are informal, um, ones that haven't been published, that are helping us learn how better to dose it and um, whether it interferes with medications, you know, because there can be interactions between the metabolism of the cannabinoids and the metabolism of a drug, which can cause the drug levels to stay higher mm. than we would predict normally. Um, this is true, for instance, with phenobarbital, which is a common drug used for seizures. Right. And um, the CBD is detoxified through the same liver enzymes that phenobarbital is. And so it interferes with the metabolism of the phenobarbital, so the phenobarbital lasts longer and persists longer in the blood. Well, this can actually be a good thing because you could wind up lowering the dosage of the phenobarbital carefully and with blood tests and measuring it, of course, um, but, you know, some dogs do well as far as the seizures in the phenobarbital, but not so well as far as their liver. They're not so well as far as their weight. Phenobarbital seems to make dogs want to eat. And they okay. get all, all chunky and fat, which, right. which isn't good for anything else in, the, in, their, in their health. Sure. So, so those are just a few of the many reasons why 
so many people are just flocking to use this stuff. And, you know, and the hemp-based cannabinoids, they're available on the Internet. They're available in retail stores. They're widely available. And many of them are available in veterinary offices as well. So um, that's a good thing that, that those are now available. So, Dr. Silver, um, what, for, with, with the hemp, you know, are there certain kind of farms that are, you know, they grow organic? Um, you, you know, are, are there certain companies that would supply, because who do you trust? You, you know what I'm saying? If this is not very regulated, uh, who, who can you trust? Do you have some well, sources? I, who, who, who said it wasn't regulated? It's highly regulated. As far as um, uh, the farmers, are the farmers? Yeah, and everything. Oh, good, good. The um, federal law was passed in 2013. It was called the Farm Act, and um, there's a paragraph in there. There, I mean, the Farm Act does a lot of things, including food stamps and and agricultural loans and those kinds of things. But there was a paragraph in there that allowed the states to pass legislation, state by state, to um, to to legally cultivate and commercialize and do research to learn more about the applications and, and how to best um, grow hemp and process it um, in, at the state level. And it, it's, it, it, it tasks each state's Department of Agriculture to, um, for, the, for the, the farmers to register with each state's ah, Department of Agriculture. There you go. Uh-huh. And it's up to each state's Department of Agriculture to go to the crop okay. and to inspect it and at harvest time, they take samples from the crop and they analyze them Excellent. for THC primarily. That's all they really care about is THC. Okay. And if it has greater than three-tenths of a percent THC on a dry matter basis, they destroy the crop. Hmm. And I've heard that if it has more than one percent THC, they arrest the farmer. Wow. So it's, obvi- it's obviously in the farmer's best interest <laughs> you know, sure. to, grow the right, to, to grow the hemp. You know, which would have that low level of THC. That low level of THC is non-psychotropic. There's no way that anyone, that you could eat a pound of that stuff. And, and well, I guess maybe if you eat a pound of it, you might eat <laughs> a little bit. But, it's, but, but you get my point. Right. And so, so that, that's one reason why I'm, I'm so pro-hemp, you know, because it's not just about the medical oils that the hemp produces. Mm-hmm. Hemp is a great source of building materials and fiber for fabric and fiber for paper, and uh, it just has a wide variety of uses. Hemp is naturally resistant to pests and, and weeds, and so they don't generally need to use much, if any, in terms of pesticides or herbicides. Ah. And oftentimes they don't, they don't even need to use much in the way of fertilizers, although if they do, they're usually just you know natural fertilizers. Um, I know I'm actually working with a hemp company uh-huh. um, for a hemp company in Colorado Springs here in Colorado, and they just they just remove about ten percent of their crop you know that are diseased that aren't aren't worthy of harvesting as their way of doing it. Now the USDA has uh, has finally acknowledged that hemp is here to stay, and so they're now allowing hemp to be certified organic. Uh-huh. And so, in, in order for that, they have to put aside specific acreage um, for the hemp plant, even though the even though the the whole acreage is being grown, you know, ostensibly organically, you know, without pesticides and and fertilizer. Right. You still have to dedicate a certain area that that meets certain um, 
criteria that is then inspected by the USDA to um, to have that certification as far as organic. So I know the company I'm working with in the springs, they are doing that. And they, they, they have acquired a bunch of farmland in some very impoverished, uh, um, economically impoverished areas of Colorado. And they have brought, you know, um, wealth and they have brought, you know, um, abundance hmm. to these communities. Um, you know, this, in this one community where they have these, the, the crops, there was a, a, Wal- a Walmart failed to give you an idea of how impoverished it was. So they bought this 70,000 square foot Walmart and they're using it, you know, as a processing center. As wow. A center. That is awesome. So, I, that, so that's the other reason why I like hemp because it, it really is renewable and sustainable and it really is, is an American crop. We've been importing $500 million worth of hemp products into the U.S. when we can be growing it right here and we can benefit the American farmer and the American, American uh, commerce. So I, I'm very pro-hemp. In that regard. So that's interesting that it hasn't taken off. If, if you, you know, it, could pr- it has. It has. It's being grown in 31 states right now. Okay. Okay. But I, I would expect it to be a little faster. But I guess, you know, maybe the legalities or, um, you know, it's a no no drug or it's the class one, you know, as far as um, the, the drug schedule with the DEA. You know, hemp may- is not a Schedule One. That's great. Hemp is not a Schedule One. Hemp is federally legal. Um, right now, there is controversy um, because the well, we have a new administration, and they're kind of tightening the screws a bit on the entire industry, on both the marijuana and the hemp industries. And um, they're, you know, the it's a huge business, and there and government is trying to get a piece of that, trying mm-hmm. to get you know some of the some of the, the taxes and, and fees and, and things like that. So, and they're also trying to get pharma involved versus having, you know, the kind of grassroots kind of um, um, situation that we're seeing now. And gotcha. so pharma, not farmer, right. pharmaceutical industry. And, right. um, and so the DEA has, um, has changed their definition of a controlled substance to include the, oils that are found in the hemp plant. Hmm. Now, according to federal law, you know, the, this is really a state's issue, and it's not something that um, the federal government is really allowed to mess with. So the DEA is being sued right now, right now as we speak, mm-hmm. in the Ninth Circuit Court in San Francisco, wow. which, is a, which is a court of appeals that is, is the, next, the next step is the Supreme Court. And the DEA was sued in 2003 in this same court because it, because at that time the DEA claimed that even seeds grown on the hemp plant are Schedule One wow. because they contain oils. Even though the amount of oil that you of THC that you could find in a seed, you probably need you know nano quantities. Right. I mean, it's so small you have to have you know, some kind of special magnetic resonance means to to detect it. And right. um, they got challenged by the hemp industries. They got challenged by Dr. Bronner's, who makes the soap. He, Dr. Right. Bronner's makes their soap out of hemp seed oil. Wow. And um, the DEA lost. And that's why we now have hemp seed oil available to us in our health food stores, and, and, which is a great, a great um, product. It has um, uh, the perfect ratio right. of omega-3s to omega-6s in it. Hemp awesome. protein, which is one of the better, best 
uh, plant proteins to be found. Right. So, I mean, it's a great plant. It's good. And, it's, um, it's good yeah, that, that everybody's moving forward. I'm, I'm liking what yeah. I'm hearing. I, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. It's becoming more popular, more available. So, Dr. Silver, we're going to take a, a short break here, and oh, okay. uh, we're going to come back and, and do some more chatting. Sounds like a plan. All right. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. We want to hear from you with your questions, stories, and comments. Please call into the program today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Send your emails all week to Dr. Julie at petpanorama at gmail.com. That's petpanorama at gmail.com. Now, back to Pet Panorama. Welcome back, listeners. Um, is Kimberly on the line? Is Kimberly there? Uh, yeah, Kimberly's and, here. Okay, so hold on, Dr. Silver. Uh, we're going to introduce somebody who um, is okay. definitely a dog lover. I just met her at the Pet Expo. And Kimberly, I have an idea. I have lots of ideas for you. But we can, we can even uh, put some hemp inside your ice cream. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I actually was approached by someone at a, a Long Island pet shop based out of New York, and uh, I was approached by someone there for the same type of thing, um, for you know being able to deliver this this medicine basically right. to uh, to dogs, um, and a and a kind of a tasty treat option that's better you know for them, um, and give them the benefits of of getting what they need to feel better, and maybe increasing their appetite as well. Exactly. So, Kimberly, introduce yourself, please, and just spend a couple of minutes just talking about your product. And this would be a lovely vehicle, a lovely vehicle for um, medications, um, you know, these products that we're talking about. So, um, and uh, congratulations on your Shark Tank. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, so thanks so much. Um, I, I really enjoyed meeting you. First off, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate uh, you extending this, this courtesy to me um, and giving me an opportunity to, to talk about my business. Um, I started, uh, my name is Kimberly Kowser. I have a company called Comfort Food for Dogs. Uh, the website is www.comfortfoodfordogs.com. And uh, basically, I, uh, I kind of started this. Um, I have two multi-poo dogs that are three years old now. Uh, their names are Mac and Cheese. And uh, those are kind of my fur kids. Uh, I don't have any children. I have children. Um, so I, I pretty much treat them like they're, they're my own. And um, I'm very conscious about what goes into them um, as far as food-wise. I had a, a, you know, early in my pet ownership and, and pet kind of history, um, you know, I wasn't really educated on what goes into pet foods. Um, and a lot of consumers really aren't. They just, you know, they see a commercial, they think it's good for their dog, and they go out and they buy it. Um, and that's what most of us do. You know, we, we have a tendency to follow what the media tells us is good for us, and it's not always the case. Right. Um, so with that, you know, I bought some treats uh, that for my dogs, and they got really sick, um, and I ended up going to the vet and had a huge bill. Um, and, you know, for the little bit of money I could have spent to, to get a better item, I could have saved myself the trouble of, you know, the expense and also, you know, putting my dogs through through that. So I kind of just made at that point a conscious effort um, to, you know, make better treats for them rather than just depending on what's provided for us. Um, and I did a lot of research on, you know, health benefits for dogs and, and you know, what's good for them to eat. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is parallel to what's good for us. Right. Um, and so with that, you know, I created Comfort Food for Dogs, which is an all-natural um kind of comfort-based uh, meal items or their, their additions. They're not meal replacements, but they're treats and, and little good things for dogs um, that also have a health benefit to them as well. So, for instance, I have three main items that I sell right now. Um, you had an interest in the ice cream. That's my biggest seller. Yep. Um, it's a coconut milk-based ice cream. It's all-natural, human-grade. Um, so there's no chemicals or preservatives or anything in there that, you know, you and I wouldn't eat, nothing you can't pronounce. Right. <laughs> um, it's flavored with natural fruit powders. Uh, there's beef gelatin in there, which is a great additive for dogs um, for their health system. Um, and then coconut milk with coconut oil is great for them as well. They have a lot of parallel benefits in them. Um, and those are running themes in most of uh, the things that I offer. The oatmeal, um, a lot of people don't think about oatmeal for dogs, but it's actually very beneficial for them um, right. health-wise for their, their, uh, their digestive tract, uh, for their skin and their coats. Uh, it's great for them as well. So that's another item I offer. And then I do doggy biscuits, which, um, you know, are all natural, preservative-free, gluten-free. All of my items are gluten-free. Great. Um, and the ice cream is grain-free. Uh, and I have two grain-free biscuits as well. So, nice. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's targeted towards owners of pets that have some special dietary needs, but it's also wide-ranged for just any kind of dog. Right. Um, and any, any, any kind of, you know... Um, person who wants to provide a better item for their dog, a healthier treat for their dog. Um, I do free shipping on my website, and I offer uh, free samples of my other items with any orders that are, uh, that are done on the site. So, Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I really uh, am having a great time hitting these trade shows. The, the one we met at actually was my second show uh, <laughs> that I've great. ever done. So I really just started doing this professionally right. um, in January. So I'm, I'm having a great time with it. And like I said, I'm really glad to meet you. And I'm really excited about everything we kind of talked about. Right. So. And now we have uh, Dr. Silver has been educating us on um, the 
CBD and THC and the hemp, and the hemp mm-hmm. is legal in all of the right. states. So this this would be mm-hmm. really really fun to have some, you know, talk about comfort food. They could be very comfortable, <laughs> right? And they can Absolutely. they can um, just really benefit from having some fun ice cream. It's yummy, and they can also you know be uh, medicated, if you will, with sure. with the hemp. Sure. Lots of good sure. opportunities for them. So yeah, so I wanted you to say hi to to the listeners and um, and good luck with uh, Shark Tank and you know just keep us uh, on top of things. Let us know where you are, what's happening, what other shows you're going to, and um, sure. this way we can all follow you. And do you do Facebook and all of that too? I absolutely do. Okay. Um, I have Facebook, which um, the, you know, the limitation on letters, and my company name is kind of long. I probably should have thought about that before <laughs> I named it. Um, but uh, Comfort Food for Dogs, spelled just as it is okay. for Facebook. Um, and for Instagram, it's Comfort Food, the number four for dogs. And okay. on Twitter, it's Dogs Comfort Food. Okay. And uh, I post up all kinds of videos of my dogs. Nice. They're kind of uh, little hams themselves. So I post up videos uh, of them and, and, you know, my followers that, that are uh, that are kind of tuned in on a regular basis, get a little bit of a treat kind of every other day. I'm posting something new that they're doing. Um, Good. Uh, they're, you know, pets are so hilarious. They've got such personalities, you know, and they really are just a, a total joy. So I definitely take pleasure in, in sharing those videos and things um, with them. And I'd also like to extend to your, uh, to your listening audience as well. Um, if they use the code PET SHOW, P-E-T-S-H-O-W, on my website, Comfort Food for Dogs, uh, they'll get $5 off a $20 purchase, and I do free shipping, um, and I have just posted a couple of new biscuits on there, too, that um, I tested out. My dogs test everything, so if they don't like it, it does not get made. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to extend that to your listeners good. as well, but I'm, I'm definitely really appreciate you taking time to have me on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm just over the moon. I, I really... Um, I'm, I'm kind of learning this whole industry. It's, there's so many facets of it. Right. Um, and people really love their pets, and people are very serious. And I was very impressed with Phoenix and the Scottsdale area and their love for animals. Right. I, was, I wasn't aware. Uh, so I'm, I'm just happy. And I definitely want to get a presence in, in the Phoenix area. And, um, you know, kind of expand that as well. You betcha. And uh, we, I love your product. Uh, you're very energetic. And I know... I know we can do some fun things together, so it'll be awesome. So yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. We're going to get back with Dr. Silver so he can uh, tell us uh, all the good stuff. Um, and good luck, kiddo. Thank you very much. It's funny you say that, too, just real quick. I just got a call from uh, from Shark Tank today. I will be going to the second round. Yay. So posted on what's going. Yeah, thank you. Okay, let <laughs> us know when you're, let, let us know when you're on TV. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, we'll do. Thank you. All right, good night, Take kid. Care. All right, are you are you there, Doctor Silver? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So good, 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 I'm good. There. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, is do you do you know a toxicity dose, or like you said, it could be different, right? In different dogs, or is there a, is there a size? Uh, is there a dose? Is there a dose by weight? Is there any kind of you know, concrete um, dosing? Well, I don't really think the word toxic um, is appropriate here unless you're giving huge, huge dosages Mm -hmm. um, to dogs. Um, 
there is research that was done in the 70s in which they discovered what the low end of the dosage was intravenously that would um, call, that would, the lowest dosage that would still cause static ataxia or the neurologic, the adverse neurologic symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so that dosage was half a milligram per kilogram of body weight intravenously. So, you know, the problems that arise are that many times the products that um, a pet owner might get at the dispensary right. may, not, may not be accurately analyzed. And so it gets to be much more difficult to make sure that you're going to be giving the right dosage. You know, the, I recommend, you know, if you, if you have an accurate analysis and you're using a product that has THC, mm-hmm. which I don't recommend that you use the first time, I think you should use a hemp product with CBD. I think CBD can do pretty much everything THC can do except for a couple of situations. Okay. But you're better off going with the CBD because there's no toxicity associated with it. You don't have to live in a state where there's legal medical or recreational marijuana. You can get your CBDs online you right. know, or, at, or at a retail store if they, if they sell them there. Okay. So, um, so that's what I recommend. And what I found was that dogs also can develop a tolerance to the adverse effects of THC. Hmm. And in the study, they found dog if they if they gradually gave dogs small dosages over time, they eventually were able to give them dosages a hundred times higher than the dosage that would cause static ataxia, and they wouldn't get static ataxia. Wow! So that's so that's the essence of my book in terms of my. Um, my recommendation to the pet owner okay. is that if you are going, I mean, first of all, don't go to marijuana and THC first. Go to CBD, go to hemp. You're probably going to find it quite effective, you know, okay. and you won't need to go there. But if you feel like you need to go to THC, first of all, try to engage a veterinarian who's an herbalist who is who's able to help you with this, and many are going to be a little bit frightened to do that. But then, you know, um, use a tiny little dosage of the THC. And just give it daily for like a week before you start to increase it okay. if you need to use the THC. For the CBD, we're able to get much more accurate amounts, especially like in products that are for professional use that have, have to have a higher standard of quality control. And so for the CBD, we're finding that dosages as low as a tenth of a milligram hmm. per kilogram, which would be like a five hundredth of a milligram per pound pretty much wow. twice daily can create wonderful effects as far as pain and anxiety and those sorts of things. Usually with seizures, with epilepsy and cancer, we go to the high end of the range, Mm -hmm. which is five times higher or half a milligram per kilogram, which would be the same as a quarter of a milligram per pound um, twice daily. So I think it's much safer for for the pet owner to, to go to the hemp. Don't even mess with the THC um, and the marijuana. Um, and, and use that and see what kind of results you get. Because my guess is you'll be very satisfied with those results and your risk is almost zero. Okay. So on that note, are hemp seeds any benefit? Yeah, hemp seeds are awesome. They have terrific protein in them. Okay. And they have a a great balance of omega-3 and omega-6 oils. They've got omega-3, omega-6 in a one to four ratio. Okay. They have no... THC in them. They have no CBD in them. Gotcha. So some people will go to the health food store and they buy hemp oil thinking that they're getting, you know, CBD oil. And it's, pre- it's pretty darn cheap if they are. Mm. Um, 
and it's not going to do anything in terms of the cannabinoids, but it will okay. be helpful as a source of good fatty acids, or you can use hemp hearts, if you've heard of those. Those are the shelled hemp seeds, which okay, are rich right? in protein, yep. very, very tasty. I love those. I put them in my, uh, in my, um, in my smoothie. Uh, <laughs> very good. Them. So we, yeah. we have a couple minutes. Um, can you, you know, share with the listeners um, uh, a little bit about your book, but definitely websites or where they can find you, where they can find more information on this lovely topic? Well, I have three sources, actually. I've created three sources so far. One is my book, Medical Marijuana and Your Pet, and I have it available both in a soft-bound edition and in an e-book in, in a variety of different um, formats. That can be found at the, at, the, at the landing page, which is easy to remember. It's potforpets.info. You go there, and you can, get, you can download a free excerpt. You can check it out before you buy, all that stuff. Then I have a blog site which, in which I have a lot of articles about cannabis, and I've got some videos, and I've got a, I'm just about ready to post a new video that's a story about a dog I worked with that had bone cancer. And um, that's nurseyourpet.com. And I don't just talk about cannabis. I talk about cancer. I talk about other supplements. We talk about epilepsy. Nice. I have a co-blogger veterinarian who's involved in rehab and hospice and palliative care. And so we also have a whole section on, um, on that, on grief, on hospice care, palliative care, nice. saying goodbye, those difficult topics that are, that right. are important to, to address. Good. And, um, and then I've also, I've also done an online course. And Good. the online course is with a media company. And I've co- I co-authored it with another veterinarian who practices in Oakland, California. Nice. His name is Gary Richter. And um, that's available on my website. People can download that. Um, and my, the website that I have that on is my, commer- my e-commerce website, mm-hmm. which is called Well Pet Dispensary. That's just like it sounds, W-E-L-L-P-E-T, dispensary.com. I sell several Great. types of hemp products for pets there. My book, I sell this, Great. Um, this, this online course. So there's a lot of resources available for the pet owner um, that I'm offering. Um, well, th- and it's, it's, it's fantastic. I am so happy that you were able to join us. We're going to wrap it up now. And thank you so much for sharing all this information. And it's a fabulous book. Everybody go to all the websites and follow Dr. Silver. Uh, He's all over the Internet. And, uh, you know, thanks for spearheading most of this information and uh, getting out there with the research and that. So have a great sure. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for being a part of Pet Panorama this week. Be sure to join Dr. Julie Mayer for another edition next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend with your best friend. 